Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will be recapping the first round series in the Eastern Conference, and I'll also give you my preview for the second round as well. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we just finished up the first round of the playoffs, so we'll do a recap, and then we'll look ahead to the second round. Um, And actually, guys, it's pretty much been chalk, pretty much, so um, interesting enough, but it's been an exciting playoff so far, and I look forward to what the second round definitely brings, that's for sure, so. Let's talk about it. So, uh, we have in the East, let's start in the East. Uh, We now have playing in the second round, the number one seed, Miami, going up against the number four seed, the Philadelphia 76ers. How we got here, let's talk about that. Miami goes on to beat Atlanta in a four-game series. Not four game, three, uh, seven game series, uh, and they beat them four games to one. In game one, we see Miami pretty much stomp the Hawks 115 to 91. Then game two, also in Miami, they win that 115 to 105. They head down to Atlanta, where in game three, Atlanta actually took this game. 111 to 110. And then in game four, Miami uh, got the win in Atlanta, 110 to 986. And then game five, heading back to South Beach, the Heat take care of business and beat uh, Atlanta 97 to 94. Oh, by the way, in that game five, there was no Jimmy Butler. And also no Kyle Lowry, but yet they ended up getting the win. So, in terms of the standout player in this series, it's got to be Jimmy Butler, who only played the four games. He didn't play the clinching win, uh, winning game. But in this series, he averaged over 30 points a game, 7.8 rebounds, 5.3 assists. Shot it very well from the field, 54.3%. Uh, from even from three point range, he had it going, uh, forty three point eight percent, and then from the free throw line, seventy nine point four percent, and averaged nearly three steals a game as well. And again, he missed game five, but uh, needless to say, Jimmy Butler set the tone in this series, not only on the offense but on the defensive end as well. Um. So, Jimmy Butler getting things done for his Miami Heat team. What And what happened to, of course, obviously, Trey Young. In this series, he played all the games, all five. Uh, he only averaged 15.4 points per game, which is 13 points lower than his season average. So, needless to say... Miami put the clamps on him, of course, one of the persons being uh, 
Jimmy Butler, but uh, I'll continue. Uh, six assists, five rebounds, only shot it nearly 32% from the field. Uh, uh, appalling 18%, 0.4% from the three-point range. It, and get this, guys. He only made seven three-pointers in this entire five-game series. Wow. Talk about putting the clamps on. And then 78.8% uh, from the free throw line. So, so uh, the key points in this series, of course, it has to be the defense that they played against Trey. They, they actually showed they were guarding him in layers. So, it'll be like... Uh, a Kyle Lowry or a Gabe Vincent first on him. Then when he when he gets by those guys, then there's a Jimmy Butler waiting. And then if he happens to get by Jimmy Butler, uh, you got a Bam out of Bayou waiting as well. So uh, they just, I mean, even he said it in a press conference, he hasn't been guarded this tight since high school. So, um yeah, Eric Spolstra and his team really getting up in Trey Young. So, and with that, if you could do that, you can control the series. So, uh, kudos to them for the, for that. And of course, for the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler is that the leader of that team. Bam Adebayo to me is the glue, and then Kyle Lowry, he's one of the key cogs in this Miami Heat's wheel. So. Uh, so, looking very good, the Miami Heat did. Uh, John Collins, he was a shell of himself in this series. Remember, he uh, had the injury going into this, and then he he actually played all the games, but he did not look like himself. Clint Capella, with his knee, uh, knee issues, only played two games in this series, and then the fifth game, he actually left that game early with... Uh, with a uh, knee injury as well. So, uh, yeah, so Atlanta just didn't have the horses to deal with uh, Miami Heat. And then for Miami, a secret weapon of theirs is Victor Oladipo. And we kind of forget about him because he only played eight games during the regular season. So, and he only played two games in this series, but. He was the key weapon in the Game 5 clinching win. So, Victor Oladipo, he, uh, uh, keep that name in mind in this second round. You might see an uh, appearance by him. I would guarantee you will. And um, that this is another weapon to add to the weapons they already have. Like a Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson, Matt Struss. And all these different undrafted guys that Miami seems to develop in, these guys just uh, end up uh, producing. So, uh, one bright note for Atlanta, uh, you saw DeAndre Hunter grow up in this series. The third-year pro played all five games. He averaged 21.2 points per game, 3.8 rebounds. He shot at 55.7% from the field. A whopping 46.2 from three-point range and 80% from the free throw line. So DeAndre Hunter carving out a significant role for himself and for the long run as far as the Atlanta Hawks go. So 
definitely um, disappointing for Atlanta because remember Atlanta last year got all the way to the conference finals. So, but this year they were just matched up against the juggernaut. So, so Miami takes this series, and now for Philadelphia, they win their series in six games, uh, four games to two over the Toronto Raptors. And what many people are saying that it was, uh, you know, uh, one game too many. They should have took care of business in game five, but uh, that didn't appear to be the case. The standout player in this series <clears throat> obviously has to be Joel Embiid. Six games he played, uh, 26.2 points per game, 11.3 rebounds. He shot at 52% from the field, 83, uh, over 83% from the free throw line. Um, so, Joel Embiid getting it done in this series. And then the question is, what, uh, what happened to Fred Van Vliet? Fred Van Vliet, who only played four games in this series. Uh, he missed game five and six with uh, hip and knee uh, issues. So... He only averaged 13.8 points per game, 6.3 assists, 3 rebounds. He only shot at 35.2% from the field, 33.3% from three-point range, and 83.3% from the free throw line. So uh, the big stories in, story in this series, obviously, is Joel Embiid. He suffers the broken orbital bone. In, you know near his eye so and actually this is the second time in his career this has happened to him so uh in a blowout win a game that philly was leading big in the fourth quarter it was no reason for him to be in the game especially you know this guy you want to preserve him anyhow um the fact that you got 68 games from him the whole season says a great deal but you definitely want to preserve him. Once they, you get a big enough lead, I think Doc Rivers owed it to himself and the team to sit Embiid, not have him in unnecessarily. Because when you do that, these sort of things happen. So I understand. I get it. It's basketball. Anything can happen. But not when you have such a big lead. So um, so he's out indefinitely. He's going to definitely miss game one, game two. Game three is hanging in the balance, so um, so uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Right now, you'll get a uh, steady diet of a Paul Paul Reed, second year player, a uh, little bit of De DeAndre Jordan. You get a little bit of Paul Millsap, and also there's a rookie um, Charles Bassey. I'm not sure how much he'll play in this, but. Um, so Doc Rivers has options here, but Doc Rivers, Rivers himself is under was under scrutiny in this series, and they'll probably face some in uh, the Miami series as well. Under scrutiny because they were up three games to one. In fact, let me break down the games. They win game one, 31 to 111. Then game two, they also win handily, 112 to 97. Game three, they go to Toronto, get that win, 107 to 104. Then that's when things start to unravel. 
uh, Toronto gets the win in Toronto, 110-102. So going back to Philly, you would think Philly take care of business at home. They do not. They squander that chance. And Toronto gets that win, 103-88. Then Philly has to go to Toronto and beat them on their floor, which they do handily, as I said, 132-97. In a game again, big blowout. Your star player is still in there. Then he gets injured. What can you do? So, so Doc Rivers was facing scrutiny for that. for Because, you know, once the whispers started getting loud, you know, uh, about his history of uh, three one collapses in seven-game series. In fact, he's the all-time leader in that dubious category. So... And then, of course, he's getting flack for leaving Embiid in that blowout win. So, leaving Embiid in the game, that is. So, uh, for Toronto, Pascal Siakam. You know, I, it seems like each or every other um, episode I'm talking about this guy. Pascal Siakam had a solid year. He was a key factor in this series, making it a series. So, um, he played a major role in that and then of course the big question for Philly is um, is James Harden coming out of his shooting slump uh, game six he shot it well probably the it was the first uh, game in the series where he actually shot it well uh, shooting seven for twelve from the field, getting twenty-two points, fifteen assists, and six rebounds. So, so we know James Harden mired in a slump. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, uh, coming into this Miami Philly series, James Harden's going to have to have a massive series. He only averaged nineteen points a game, ten point two assists. Five rebounds, and he only shot it uh, over forty percent from the field. So James Harden must take his game to another level if they are to have a chance in this series. Will Miami take Philly lightly, uh, being that they're going to be without Joel Embiid? I would think not, but uh, that's easy to say. But uh, We'll see how the games transpire. And then the key, of course, for Miami is the health of Jimmy Butler. Because remember, he missed the game with his knee issue. And then Kyle Lowry, he he missed uh, games as well with the hamstring. In fact, he's going to be out for game one. Uh, so that, that situation bears watching. And then Doc Rivers, he must outcoach Eric Spolstra. And that's a tall task to do because Eric Spolstra has, you know, obviously his team is number one in the East. So, um, and he's done it. He's done it the way he's always done it. Getting key contributions from guys you wouldn't think you'd get it from. And uh, just, you know, getting maximum effort out of these guys. So, uh, in order for Philly to have a chance... Doc Rivers must outcoach Spolstra. So my prediction for this series, I'm calling it Miami in five games. Miami in five games. If 
Joel Embiid in, returns for game three and kind of looks like his old self. Then I say this series could extend to seven games, but I think any way you slice it, Miami will prevail in the series. So, so that's the story there. And then the next get, uh, second round game is the number two seed Boston taking on the number three seed, my, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Boston, as we know, swept the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I actually had a, a episode on my podcast about the Nets going down. So you can listen about it all there. I'll again recap the games, um, the scores there, the standout players, what happens, and a few key points. I won't be belabor the issue. So Boston, we know, gets the 115 to 114 win over Brooklyn, um, despite a 39-point performance from Kyrie. They were able to win in the last few seconds when Jason Tatum uh, gets that layup right at the buzzer. So, as we move on to game two, Boston gets that one, 114 to 107. And then with the game moving to Brooklyn, Boston takes care of business there, a 109-103 win in game three. And then in game four, in a tightly contested game, and KD finally going off for 39 points. Uh, Boston still pulls out the win despite Jason Tatum fouling out with 2.45 seconds left in the game. Uh, they were able to still prevail, 116 to 112. So, standout player, obviously, Jason Tatum. Uh, I gave you all the stats and figures in that other podcast uh, episode. You can listen to that. Whatever happened to KD and Kyrie, that's the big uh, guys in the series that didn't really show up for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, few key points. Uh, I rather lean on the side of the, it was the maturation of the Boston Celtics. Because you got to remember, last year, uh, it was the Nets who knocked them out of the playoffs uh, four games to one. So... So Boston exacts a little revenge for what happened last year. So, uh, so bear that in mind. The coach M.A. Aduka significantly outcoaches Steve Nash in this series. I mean, uh, he just put on a clinic here as far as how, getting his guys in position to win these games and pull them out at the end. So. And then, of course, there's Kyrie with his first, his continuous feud with the Boston fans. And then he moves that feud on to the media. Of course, he goes on a Twitter tirade uh, calling, you know, those in the media's puppets, doing the bidding of their puppet masters, you know, bringing a brother down, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, that's just red meat for a guy like Stephen A. who will take that and run with it and uh, he'll, he'll, he'll um, you know, jump on Kyrie's case. You know, he's let the team down so forth, which, you know, uh, definitely can say that. I'd like to leave any critique of him solely on basketball-related issues. So um, that's where I go with that. So, and... Those, it's fair game to say that you let your team down this season. 
uh, not getting the vaccine. I understand it's a personal choice, but your personal choice has ramifications on others around you, and it did for this team. There's no denying that. Uh, he kind of kind of took some kind of ownership of it in his um, post-game press conference after game four, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it kind of probably did have an effect. Of course it had an effect, so. And so there's that with Kyrie. I don't want to belabor the issue. Uh, and then, of course, it's also the absence of Ben Simmons, who you got in the trade line deal that you uh, you dealt hard to Philly. So um, so he comes to you with mental baggage, and then you come to find out he has a herniated disc on top of that. I don't mean to laugh, but... Um, you know that that just compiles onto the myriad of issues that he has. So um, you know, as far as the mental stuff, you you hope he gets better. You hope he's able to come out of that funk. Um, injury wise, you hope the the herniated disc is something he can overcome as well. Uh, it's just a mental block that he has right now, and he needs um, you know uh, some professionals to get his head right. So, uh, you know, we wish them all the best in that regard. But, um, you know, this is a team, again, I say with no real leadership. Um, you, and it's to a point where I know I discussed the ad nauseum in that episode, but I'll kind of quickly say that um, what Kyrie needs to do, I, I don't believe he will. Um, just the same way that uh, Dwayne Wade went to LeBron back in those Miami days and says, look, I got to take a back seat in it. You know, it's got to be your team. That's what Kyrie got to go and uh, tell Kevin Durant. So this whole co-leader thing just isn't working. Uh, hasn't worked for these past three seasons, so... Uh, he's going to have to take a back seat. He's going to have to swallow his pride, take a back seat, and be the Robin to KD's Batman. But I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he'll do it. So there lies your quandary, your quagmire with the Brooklyn Nets. So with that said, so Boston moves on. And then um, for Milwaukee, they take care of business, beating the number six seed, Chicago, four games to one. And in that series, Miami gets the uh, game one win, 93-86. I thought uh, with that first uh, game that it would kind of be a kind of ugly series as far as that goes. Very low scoring, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Chicago comes back in game two and win that, 114-110. And then uh, in Chicago, Miami jumps on Chicago in Chicago, winning game three, 111 to 81. Then they also get uh, game four in Chicago, 119 to 95 in game four. And then they come back and take care of business in Milwaukee, 116 to 100. So the standout player, player in this series, obviously, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, doing uh, Giannis type things 
28.6 points per game, 13.4 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting 56.8% from the field. Of course, his still his kind of struggles from the free, uh, free throw line, uh, 68.3% from the charity stripe, and he only sunk two three-pointers in this series out of 13 attempts. Uh, not good, um, that's for sure, for Giannis. But nonetheless, he stood out and he carried his team to victory. And the question is, what happened to DeMar DeRozan? Who, by the way, he had um, in that game two win, 41 points in that game. So he had a stellar game there. But overall, uh, under par for him. Uh, 20.8 points per game, which is down 8 points from his season average. 5.4 rebounds, 4.8 assists. Only shot at 41% from the field, 867 from uh, the free throw line, and he didn't hit a three-point pointer in this series. He actually went 0 for 9, so uh, definitely did not uh, see the best of DeRozan in this one. And, of course, the big stories out of this, Miami losing Chris Middleton to the, that sprained MCL so he's going to be out two weeks. So looks like he'll be missing a good portion of the second round against Boston. A uh, big blow for them because he's the number two guy here in Milwaukee behind Giannis. A two-way player who can get his offense as well. So you're going to need guys like Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis to step up. Uh, probably a pack uh Connaughton, you're going to need him to uh, give you some production as well in Middleton's absence. So, And then uh, this, um, also you had Zach Levine. He was actually placed in health and safety protocols and he missed game five. So, uh, And then also there was the ugly uh, injury to Alex Caruso, a concussion, uh, um of course, Grayson Allen um, fouling him hard and uh, uh, Caruso suffering that. So, of course, um, Billy Donovan cries foul play on the, in that regard. So, you know, Grayson Allen has kind of a history of being, you know, a player that plays on the edge between, you know, uh, legitimate defense and being dirty. So... Uh, so that's always going to come into question in, in, in regards to him. So so my, Miami takes that series. So going into the Boston-Miami, I'm sorry, the Boston-Milwaukee series, uh, questions are, can Boston kind of contain Giannis? Will they be able to keep him at bay kind of the way they kept uh, Kevin Durant um from going nuclear, uh, two different types of players, so I don't see it. Um, I think for Boston, the best thing is to stop guys from like uh, Drew Holiday uh, from going off, keeping guys like uh, Bobby Porter's, Grayson Allen from doing their things. So I think they need to lean more in that regard. 
because I don't think you're going to be able to stop Giannis. Which leads to, can the ancillary pieces for Milwaukee continue to step up Middleton's absence? I named the guys, uh, Conigan, uh, Allen, Portis. Uh, can those guys step in and give you offense? Also, a Brooke Lopez, can they give you offense to kind of offset um, the absence of Middleton? And then the matchup to watch in this series to me is Drew Holiday versus Marcus Smart. Here you have Defensive Player of the Year and then Holiday, who's a pretty good defensive player in, in his own right. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. But my prediction is, um, you know, I take my hats off to Boston, but uh, going against the defending champion, I don't think they're going to be able to deal. So I'm picking Milwaukee in six. Milwaukee in six. So, all right, guys. So that's going to do it for the East. And then I'll just have another episode and now cover the West and what I think will happen in the Western Conference. All right, guys. So once again, I thank you for listening. Appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Take care and be safe. So my peeps, if you enjoy what you're listening to, you can follow me on my Facebook page, GD That Sports Dude. You also can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GD That Sports Dude. And also on Twitter, you can find me at GD That Sport Dude. Also, you can email me at That Sports Dude GD at gmail.com. You can also support me through my Zelle at that same email address. And also on anchor.fm slash GD That Sports Dude. You can hit the support button there to contribute to this podcast. And also like me there as well. And again, I thank you for listening to this content.